You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. This is MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. I'm joined, as always, by Jeffrey Flanagan. And uh, the Royals continue uh, to just bide their time until that AL Central title is clinched. And uh, a big piece of of this club uh, in October is going to be Alex Gordon. Uh, Jeffrey, coming back here not uh, not too long, not too long away from from getting him back. But I I do wonder, what's his uh, schedule going to be? Yeah, this is terrible. Let me start over. (laughs) Babbling here. This is MLB. Oh, sorry. This is MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz. Thanks for tuning in. I'm joined, as always, by Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, uh, a big piece of the picture here. Still missing an Alex Gordon, but he is on his rehab assignment at AAA Omaha. What kind of schedule is he looking at, and uh, what kind of timetable is he looking at for getting back to the big leagues? Well, probably, uh, I would think maybe two weeks. Um, he just had his first rehab start yesterday in Omaha. He left the club uh, while we were in Boston on Saturday. Uh, flew back to Kansas City, drove up to Omaha. Uh, as you know, he, he lives in Lincoln, so it's an opportunity for him to you know, get some time at home, too. And his first rehab start, he actually uh, went one for, one for four and did a home run, so it was a good start for him. He's probably going to alternate DH one day and then play, play five innings in the field, and then DH again, and then seven innings, and just progressively go that way. And uh, by about day five, he'll just start playing regularly in the outfield and trying to take it very slow with him. Um, they don't want to obviously aggravate the, uh, the injury anymore, but um, I would say, you know, at least 10 days. Um, and that would put us at the, at the call-up stage um, so they don't have to send anybody back down. Um, and then he'd probably be ready to come back. And, the, and then once he gets back, um, it's, they're probably going to be pretty conservative with him too. And, uh, I talked to Ned about that the other day, and he said, you know, start out probably maybe four times a week and, and then just kind of build up from there. So, obviously, that, that's a fluid situation. It's not like Alex Gordon comes back and, and immediately uh, is an everyday outfielder. So it, it kind of will give them the leeway to continue to play around with this whole Ben Zobrish, Stomar Infante, uh, Alex Rios dynamic. But certainly uh, telling Jeffrey that, you know, uh, Ned has been very adamant uh, up to this point you know, saying Infante in particular is not losing his starting job uh, with, with Zobra's arrival and when Alex Gordon comes back. But it sounds like he, he's wavered from that a bit because, let's face it, the, the, the numbers keep adding up or not adding up, I should say. Uh, Infante's really struggled. Rios has really struggled. Um, what do you think the future holds at, at second base and right field? Yeah, I, I, it, he, uh, he was uh, for the first time he actually came out and said that to, to us on, on Friday. Um, and that was kind of a shocker because he had been adamant about uh, that, that Zobrist would not take a particular position and just kind of float around. Now, that still might happen because, uh, ironically or coincidentally, the, the minute he said that, uh, both Rios and Infante seemed to uh, he got their attention because they both <laughs> had really good games uh, the next two days. Uh, uh, Rios is 5 for 8 uh, since Ned said that, and I think Infante is like 4 for 8 and at a triple yesterday, so they sort of picked up their production immediately. Um, actually, Rios has been swinging the bat fairly good for the last four or five games, so um, he, he's made a couple of mechanical adjustments with his stance, and he feels more comfortable. And um, I, I don't know. It's a, there's going to be a domino effect when, when Gordon comes back because uh, Zobrist will then move out of left field. But like you mentioned, you know, if he only plays four, 
four times a week um, in left field to start off with. You know, that gives Ned some more flexibility to maybe start him, you know, once in left field, once in right, once at second, once at, at third, and, and keep Zoberson there five or six times a week, too. So, uh, as they're very fond of saying, that these things kind of take care of themselves, and I expect it will. Absolutely. And uh, from a pitching perspective, Jeffrey, I and really just overall for this club, you know, everybody's got a different definition of X factor. You know, what is an X factor? But I think a lot of people could agree on Jordano Ventura being an X factor for this club as far as the postseason is concerned because, you know, getting that, that, that third dependable arm in the rotation is, is huge for them uh, when you're in those short series. And his last three starts, he's looked a lot more dependable. Three runs over 19 innings, arguably his best stretch of the season. I saw where Ned said he's, he's, quote, getting his swagger back. Uh, what does that mean exactly? What have you seen from Iordano to, to indicate the, the swagger is, in fact, intact? Uh, it just, it, you know, it's kind of just his body language on the mound. He looks a lot more confident. Um, he's, his command is much better. He's, he's really using the inside part of the plate, which uh, he did last year down the stretch and in the playoffs, and that made him so effective uh, in, in October. And, uh, you know, they just want the guy back that they, that pitched game six of the World Series, and game two as well, um, and, and was just lights out. So, yeah, they do need him. That would be a big power four. Um, we were even talking about that the other day in the, in the press box, that if you if you started the season today, I mean, started the postseason today, who would be your top three be? Would Ventura be your third guy in front of Duffy? And, you know, we all kind of looked at each other and kind of said, yeah, at this point he's, he's pitching a little bit better than Danny. Uh, it seems like a little bit more reliable. But that would be a, a heck of a threesome, um, a, a great trio to have in October. Um, you know, Johnny Quayle did have a, a pretty bad start in Boston, but and, and actually Eddie Volquez wasn't too hot yesterday either. So, But there's, there's going to happen. You know, guys are going to stumble once in a while. But um, that's a pretty formidable trio if you're down, keeps pitching the way he does or has in the last three starts, and, and those other two guys do what they've been doing all season, um, you know, they're going to be uh, – it's going to be a headache for for teams in October. And three guys all around five foot nine, which I like as a as a five foot nine person. <laughs> um, the rotation uh, this doesn't seem to impact the playoff rotation, of course, but it is something uh, to watch here going forward. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday afternoon uh, before Chris Medlin's first start mm-hmm. for the Royals. So, just kind of speaking in generalities here, but you know, he comes in the rotation. Guthrie, Jeremy Guthrie, is out something that had uh, kind of been trending in that direction for a while. And, and rather than give Chris Young another look in the back end, they want to see what they have in Chris Medlin. I don't blame him one bit. Um, he's obviously pitched well out of the bullpen, but uh, as far as what he can bring to the rotation at this point, what are your expectations? Well, uh, at first, I mean, he's, he's going to be on kind of a pitch limit tonight, probably 60, 75 pitches. Um, but they really do want to see what they have with him because he has been pitching well. Uh, out of the bullpen, he had a nice outing uh, the other day against Boston with three shutout innings. And and look, I mean, if he, if he does well, uh, and this is not just a spot start, he's going to get two or three, maybe throughout the rest of the regular season, he's going to be in the rotation. But, uh, if he doesn't blow up, of course, but they want to see what they have going into October. He could be another. He could be the fourth option if if Danny does Danny Duffy doesn't pitch well down the stretch. Um, they're they're very impressed with. Uh, Medlin's uh, ability to just not have any fear when he pitches. Um, it's kind of refreshing to watch a guy just, he's not afraid to give up hits because um, he, he believes he can work out of any jam that's out there. And um, that would be interesting to see if, if, if he was good 
down the stretch, uh, you really only need four starters, as you know, in the playoffs. Uh, would he be good enough to slip into that top four ahead of Danny Duffy, who has struggled a little bit lately and has been kind of inconsistent? So um, we're going to keep our eyes closely on that one. And Medlin, of course, another short guy. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> Danny Duffy. Well, i got to stop you here because I, I, Eddie Bulk is not 5'9". He's, he's taller than that. So. You and, think he's taller than 5'9"? Sure. Okay, well, I'm going on the eyeball test. I don't always trust the uh, the baseball reference. <laughs> I'm 5'10 and a half, 5'11", and then we're about uh, eye to eye. So. Okay, all right. All right, sorry. Sorry uh, to Edison Bulk and his entire family. I don't mean to imply he's 5'9". <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, you mentioned Danny Duffy, uh, the inconsistency here lately. Really, his whole season has, has been pretty inconsistent. Uh, what do you make of what he's going through, especially here uh, uh, these last few times uh, out to the mound? Well, I, you know, I just can't put a finger on it. Um, you know, he just, he'll just he have these stretches and flashes where he, he looks really dominant. He, he made an adjustment to his the mechanics of his delivery a, a couple months ago, and he thought he was back into a great rhythm. And, and then he'll have these outings where he just, you know, gets in trouble early on and, the pitch count really piles up. Um, I will say this. He was able to work out of uh, a, a game where he didn't have great stuff his last time out, and that might be an encouraging sign because a lot of times when Danny gets in a rut, he can't get out of it, and suddenly you know, Ned's coming up to get him in the fourth inning. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting how he, he performs down the stretch because he has been – it's been an odd year for him. It's been – very wobbly, up and down. You'll have a couple of good starts and then two bad ones, and, and it's just not what they were hoping to see that at this point in his development because he was very good last year until he got hurt in September, very solid, um, and we've just not seen that Danny Duffy yet. So um, he's uh, he's going to have to do well, uh, especially if Chris Medlin pitches well down the stretch to, to be a factor in the playoffs. Obviously, the the benefit of having this big division lead is we can have these conversations about what that October rotation was going to look like, and uh, and, and they certainly have the the luxury of, of lining up however they want. But uh, I do have to ask Jeffrey, was there any champ? They haven't clinched the Central yet, but was there any champagne popped in that clubhouse when they outplayed their Pakota projection? Because, uh, <laughs> they they outdid it at their seventy third win uh, here in August. That's pretty good. Yeah, that had, has to go down in history as one of the worst predictions and projections I've ever seen. I mean, for a team that went to Game 7 of the World Series, that, that really didn't lose anybody uh, significantly. Um, you know, I, And I understand how those projections work. For them, it's, it's very hard to calculate defense, and that's you know a huge part of the Royals' game. And, and their great bullpen, which may be the best in baseball, and it's hard for them to gauge that. So these projections are always going to come out on the low side. I think they've been on the low side of the Royals' Uh, for several years now, starting up back in 2013 uh, when they won 86, um, and then last year uh, 89, and they had them in the 70s those years too. So I think they were just kind of pleasantly amused by it. They actually they, they remembered it from the beginning of spring training, and then kind of forgot about it until we reminded them uh, of it in Cincinnati. So uh, it's, uh, it's it is amusing. Um, they're they're a far better team than uh, what the parametric projections of uh, uh, have them being. So um, I don't think they're too worried about it. Yeah, it's and it's a it's a well built team for October, as we saw last year. That's kind of a fascination for me right now. Is the Blue Jays are are playing so well here these last few weeks, especially, and you know, from a run differential standpoint, uh, they're the best team in the American League. But 
you know, they, they haven't been tested in October the way these Royals have. And, and we saw, I mean, the Royals just set up so nicely in, in that environment, putting the ball in play, you know, avoiding the strikeouts and, and playing great defense and having the lockdown bullpen. It, it can do wonders for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's a whole different ball game in October in a short series like that. And, and the way you play defense and the way your bullpen reacts is just a huge factor. And we don't know what the Blue Jays will be like then. Um, they're just mashing the ball right now, but offense is just, you know, basically one third of the game. So it's, you know, sometimes that gets shut down, uh, with good pitching in, in October. Uh, right now it looks like they know every single pitch that's coming. I mean, the, <laughs> they just, Bash the Angels for four times. Uh, it just—it's just kind of amazing to see their scoring uh, every night. You look up at the scoreboard and go, "Well, there's Josh Townsend with another home run, Bautista with another home run. It's 15 to two. It's just kind of mind-boggling. I, I just don't know how they keep this pace up. But uh, uh, it would be an interesting matchup between these, those two teams uh, in the playoffs, especially with all the bad blood that happened in Toronto. Absolutely, a lot of bad blood. Get Taylor Swift to sing the national anthem. I want to thank Jeffrey <laughs> Flanagan. For joining us, thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.